everybody, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 9 of Rift Happens. I'm Justin, I'm joined by my regular co-host over here, Lucas. Lucas, welcome back to Rift Happens. How was your week? Uh, it was pretty good. You know, lots. Uh, we're, we're prepping for the ACT at our school. We've had our C9 training going, had a volleyball tournament this weekend. It has been a very busy week, but I'm also very glad that Daylight Savings has changed, and so now we don't get to see the... Uh, Lucas natural lights uh, timer progression that goes on normally when we get to do this. Did you see that the U.S. Senate like unanimously voted to keep that? Right, I did see that. Unanimous. I, I saw something, but I haven't like I, I need to like read it and figure it out because I saw it and I was like, no way. There's no way this is actually going to go through. <laughs> I and now I'm not completely. I'm not a. I'm not very well versed in U.S. law and how all that stuff works, so I don't know if like it's officially a thing from here on out. But it was very exciting because yeah. uh, one, for us disc golfers, once uh, daylight savings time ends uh, and it starts getting dark at five, then you know the tosses, uh, you know, the, like the weekly kind of tournaments that you can have uh, on weeknights mm-hmm. are, are kind of gone. They go. They yeah. go in hibernation. Uh, so I'm I'm pretty stoked for that for sure. I will say that I did just look it up and it is passed in the Senate, but it is uh, held down in the House right now. So we'll see how that goes. Come on, it's <laughs> that's, do the right thing. Yeah, this is not the political hill to die on. <laughs> give yeah. the, no, give the people know, what they want. Like, I know I'm selfish. I know there's probably some people out there who probably don't want you know daylight savings time permanently, but I want to throw some discs at, at night. You know, I don't want to. I don't have to wait until the summer to be able to play. What is? I, I guess it depends on like what you prefer daylight hours to be. Like, but I'm trying to think like who who would fall into that category? Where it's like, you know what? Yeah, I I would love to wake up with the sun, mm-hmm. you know, glaring through my window at you know <laughs> five a.m. and I would love to drive home in the dark. Like, I don't yeah. know who uh, yeah who, who strives that? for that because I will say that that was one of the things and like same Allison like I want to leave school and still have some daylight like I left school uh, last Tuesday and I went on a walk I haven't been able to do that in ages like wow. not because I mean I guess I could go on a walk at night but like I live on the beach like I want to be able to see the sunset as it comes down mm-hmm. and not just be stuck at my desk all day so and then walk out and it's dark Speaking of uh, speaking of walking, I was uh, conducting some technology professional development before I rushed home to uh, to do the podcast, and I was so animated in the PD that my smartwatch went off and thought I was working out. Uh, so like I'm 20 minutes into the PD and my my watch is still going. I have to look. At, I try to pull my watch <laughs> to see what time it is, and it's like you've been working out for 24 minutes. I'm like yeah, jokes on you. <laughs> I never work out. So even got my watch fooled. <laughs> oh, yes. man. Well, thank you for being here for this episode. Uh, I, I will say, go ahead and uh, preview moving forward. We are going into an exciting episode next week. And I want everybody to be aware of the exciting episode that we have. We do have uh, Gavin, who is the CEO and co-founder of Goop. He will be our special guest next Monday for Rift Happens. So our listener feedback 
form that is available every single week. Uh, that will be specially geared towards you being able to submit your questions to ask him. So know that um, if you're not familiar with Goop, Goop is a free platform for Scholastic Esports programs to join on. And it's basically a lot of esports kind of warm up and training games. There's a lot of stat tracking and uh, mm -hmm. you can uh, build your team on there and have almost like um, measurable goals for your, your players to uh, try to achieve. And it keeps them, you know, talk about um, uh, clicking accuracy, um, you know, mouse speed and things of that nature. There's even one with like keystrokes and how quickly you respond uh, mm -hmm. there. I think that one's pretty neat. But uh, yeah, but we'll have him on next week. It's definitely going to be uh, cool. It's going to be our first like outside of CR like special guest. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. Gloop is something I've been interested in for a super long time. Uh, I, I've made an account forever ago, but haven't really pushed it on my kids. Um, but it's one of those things that, like when I think traditional sports, you know, we think of drills, we think of warm-ups, uh, and that's really lacking in a lot of esports stuff, right? Things, a different curriculum or programs that we can get to gear our kids up for the game without actually playing the game, uh, which is a huge part of a lot of other traditional sports. Right? We think working out, we think um you know mental toughness training stuff like that so this will be this will be fun yeah for sure and it's also um entirely browser-based which is what i really like mm -hmm. so even if yeah. um, like our, our school district is a one-to-one -one district all the kids were, were were given chromebooks well technically the kids could be like you know <laughs> jamming out on group uh in the middle of class on their chromebooks they don't have to necessarily have a you know, software download or anything of that nature. So, um, so that's really cool. And they're constantly updating it. But uh, either way, be thinking about which questions you want to have for Gavin. He'll, he will be here uh, next week. And uh, they're just doing some really cool things for this classic esports space. Be excited to talk to him then. But that is not what we're talking about today. Today we have Season 2, Episode 9. We are going to be talking about uh, itemization once again. This has kind of been our, our theme here lately uh but this one is going to be on active items but before we get into that uh we're going to mix things up a little bit we're going to cut straight to our listener responses first <laughs> because our question for this week for our listeners was what removed item feature game mode champion ability etc anything that has been removed from the game do you miss and or wish we're back in the game and why so that was the question that was posed and we have a solid uh six responses here from some of our listeners so we're gonna go through these uh one at a time uh i'll be i'm gonna bless you with the first one how about that okay <laughs> can't wait I'm a little <laughs> I, I see the well, name I see, from. I see who it's from thank you for this okay um all right so our first response is from mr hernandez teaches a listener response all-star um from San Antonio, Texas, uh, he misses pink wards. Uh, he liked that they were invisible and that you could place as many as you wanted and allow people to overcompensate for their teammates, not warding and solo queue. Mm -hmm. uh, I also miss Deathfire Grass. It was my go-to Vagar item. It's probably the only activatable item I've ever used properly. Uh, and he also misses Zyra's Death Passive. It gave me a chance to snipe a player after I died, which was something that I had totally forgotten about. Mm -hmm. Like. I remember Pink Wards and I remember Deathfire Grass. I had totally forgotten about Zyra's passive until I read this. And if I remember correctly, one of the reasons why they changed Zyra's passive was because they said it felt bad that she only got to use it after she died. Then mm -hmm. I'm like, do you not know that you have Karthus, Kog'Maw, and Scion yeah. in your game? <laughs> oh, yeah. I know that was like a huge complaint when that comment was made. It's like, well, then get rid of all of them. Not right. just 
the scion passive and then they introduced kim tech as a brand new one later on so <laughs> um they just clearly did not follow that too much the letter yeah i i'll uh i also miss deathfire grasp i'll, I'll talk a little bit about deathfire grasp mm-hmm. uh a little bit later on but yeah for sure those are some good ones uh ginga Riffith out of kentucky says uh threes needs to come back he's talking about twisted tree line here i love mm-hmm. twisted tree line uh easier to yeah. teach friends the game on a more simplified version of the map i would even be fine if they altered this and made a 1v1 map or a 2v2 map uh magma chamber i think was one that they were working on before uh he said i don't care but something that requires less total friends online would be great mm-hmm. easier to get two other friends online than four other friends on a consolation note pve game modes are underrated the odyssey event and doom bots were the most fun i've ever had on league intermediate bots don't provide a challenge but i hard prefer pve than pvp and our current forms of pve are incredibly lacking yeah i am i wholeheartedly support the idea that odyssey the odyssey game mode was the best game riot has ever created like i will die on that hill that was so much fun i'm so frustrated it never came back that is probably the most league of legends i ever played in like a one minute times one month time span I spent so much time in that event. I, I did. I really liked uh, Odyssey. I liked Doombots. I thought Doombots was a lot of fun. Um, but Twisted Tree Line was my jam. Like, I remember mm-hmm. trying to hit gold in solo duo and then turn around and, like, all right, I hit it in solo duo. Now I got to hit gold in Twisted Tree Line because <laughs> you could yeah. get uh, an additional chroma. If yeah, you if you got long. gold in that, and but the meta in that was really cool too because you would run um, kind of a you could run like a, a smite like kind mm-hmm. of bruiser top and you could kind of pseudo farm uh, the jungle. Um, they even had like some funnel strats in it with with Yi. Uh, oh, yeah. Definitely really cool. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna go into another one yet. We'll we'll, we'll get through the rest of the responses and if <laughs> nobody else mentions it, I'll throw something else out there. there you go. All right, go ahead and take our next one. Sounds good. Uh, our next one is Sones from the Great Mighty Sip, uh, or Mississippi. <laughs> He's uh, right down the road from me. Um, and very simply, he misses Zizzerot and Banner of Command spams, which, oh, yeah. like, as a top lane player, I, so much cheese. It was so much fun. Because uh, one that we have not mentioned yet, and I don't think I saw mentioned in the rest of these when I took a quick look at them, uh, Zizzerot, Banner of Command, and Ohm Wrecker were always these really fun, niche little items you could take to just make somebody go, wait, what? It's um, old school hole, uh, hole breaker. Oh, yeah. I used to, it was fun. If I ever, I, I would get salty a lot uh, if I was playing in the top player and my team wasn't doing too hot and I was super fed. I'd snag Zizzerat. I'd snag Banner Command. I'd snag Ohm Wrecker, especially Ohm Wrecker because it was a really cheap item relatively. Mm-hmm. Now, so if I was super far ahead and I couldn't, and my lane opponent was playing safe, boom, pop that Ohm Wrecker, instant dive, get another kill, and get out. Uh, now, they took it out because it wasn't super useful, but uh, yeah, I love those items. For sure. Uh, Aaron, Coach Mustang out of Los Angeles, uh, her response is, I love the rotating game mode Doombots of Doom, who didn't have their heart skip a beat when the Lux Doombot threw out six or eight laser beams <laughs> in every direction around her. You could set the difficulty of the Doombots and really challenge yourself against the absurdly OP bot abilities, like a triple rocket grab from Blitzcrank. Set that difficulty to 100 and die laughing. I agree. She also uh, conveniently linked the uh, abilities, but I cannot post that in the... Um, I might be able to. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to post this in the in the chat. Hopefully my audio doesn't... I don't get a feedback loop or anything. 
um, but yeah, it was. Uh, I love Doombots. This is our, our second uh, kind of Doombot answer, but it was so much fun. I remember they gave out a special icon if you were able to beat it, uh, which was really neat. So you kind of yeah, you you got through it, you accomplished it. But uh, what were the? Do you remember what the Odyssey rewards were? Was it the um, same thing? I, Odyssey rewards were uh, no, they were really um, they were really generous with their tokens. Okay. So I remember getting like by the end of it being able to purchase like 10 or 12 odyssey orbs um just from playing the game mode a ton uh so i got a ton of free skins out of it just because i i um got like got far enough along in that so. yeah yeah i i definitely think the the pve game modes are, are a ton mm-hmm. of fun um earth earth has kind of lost its uh it's fun on me i I don't really play earth anymore it was Mm -hmm. great when it first came out but uh yeah i would love something completely different like the pve modes for sure yeah i feel like that's pretty common i feel like i've got i've got a lot of friends who just don't like earth anymore so oh well all right here's our next Um, one yeah next up i just get all the mississippi guys today next (laughs) up we have chase who uh we may remember from uh two or three episodes back uh also from mississippi a little further down the road from me than stones uh, and he misses Nexus Blitz, the ability okay. to play a champion from level 1 to 18 in a short period of time and seeing the results of different builds. For sure. And uh, I would I would say, like, for me, the uh, Dominion, uh, mm-hmm. that, that was my game mode. I was really surprised I didn't see any Dominion responses. Yeah. That's why I kind of scrolled. I looked at response 6 real quick to make sure nobody said it. Uh, but that's what I meant. And it's... It served kind of the same purpose as Nexus Blitz does for Chase. It was like, okay, this brand new champion came out, or or there's a champion that I really want to learn how to play, and I don't want to take it into like a full-blown match of League of Legends uh, through Summoner's Rift, so I would load into Dominion so I could you know kind of get the hang of the combos and you know if there were auto attack resets and you know kind of the best way to to build or at least go about uh you know approaching a fight but yeah i think nexus blitz is kind of the new way to do that if it were a mm-hmm. permanent game mode right yeah finally canon teach out of colorado he misses the pre-rework mundo w says rip to power farming for 20 minutes in the jungle and becoming an absolute unit he still goes where he pleases just burns you less in the process mm-hmm. unfortunate very unfortunate <laughs> oh if i scroll down further he has uh mundo has. mundo 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 <laughs> uh listed about 30 times oh, i was ready for you to read them all out <laughs> i i don't re- recall playing much mundo before they they <laughs> reworked him so i don't know i can't recall what they changed much about his his w, his w was the uh circle of fire mm-hmm. right? his w was a circle of fire uh and it was constant it wasn't the like little burst of electricity okay uh, his q was mostly the same mm-hmm. um his e uh now is i believe it's just it is an auto attack reset and i think is it may just be one extra damage auto but it might be more uh, but it used to not be an auto attack reset, and it was just like a flat bonus once you used it. Okay. Uh, and then his ult stayed the same too. So, well, do you have anything that you missed that you'd like to add that nobody brought up? No, I'm just going to reiterate Twisted Tree Line. I grew up learning how to play on Twisted Tree Line. Um, I think I've told the story on here before, but uh, my friends taught me how to play on Twisted Tree Line first. We would hop in on some threes games. Um, they used to think it was funny to tell me that the best Garen build was to build. 
five war mugs and an Atmos Impaler. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a, there's some way, way back in the match history, um, you know, 10 years ago, there's some, some English teacher, five war mug Atmos Impaler Garen games. So. Did you ever do like five Sunfire Capes on, on Evelyn? <laughs> never. So yeah, used to, uh, apparently you could stack Sunfire Capes on Evelyn and it wouldn't break her stealth. So she could just walk next to people and just burn them. Uh, just stand there and just burn them. <laughs> my my personal favorite thing about this tree line is that it used to have its own um, ranked teams queue. Mm-hmm. So like way back before, you know, we used to have clubs and they got rid of clubs. Well, before clubs, there was a legitimate you could, you know, hop in as a group of five and only play against other groups of five on a ranked ladder. Um, and... There used to be one for Twisted Tree Line where you could do it with threes, but it is uh, present no longer in our lives. Yeah, and the 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 epic monster on there was uh, Vile Maul, the big spider. Oh, yeah. And you could oh, yeah. go and uh, if your whole team danced in front of Vile Maul, Vile Maul will start dancing too. Mm-hmm. And I think it, if I remember correctly, I think it debuffed him slightly. I could be mistaken. I could be wrong there, but I thought it did. Um, I, all I know is every time we went to go take Vimal, we always danced in front of him, whether it whether it did any good or not. I don't know. <laughs> uh, very cool. All right, so let's uh, we're going to talk active items today. So we have uh, Boris the shopkeeper uh, there again. Uh, before we get into the current active items there in the game and how, Lucas, how you and I see them uh, used, uh, I do want to take a trip down memory lane. To all the active <laughs> items that have sailed off into the sunset. Some of these were actually mentioned in our listener feedback. We saw Banner of Command and ZZ Rot uh, as well. Deathfire Grasp was mentioned, and I'll talk a little bit about that. Um, a couple of these others on here have gone through some renames. So some keen eyes that are watching the video right now may say, wait a minute. Uh, that, you know, that... That rocket belt is is not gone. That's because this is Hextech Proto Belt, not Rocket <laughs> Belt. Um, so I, I was a little uh, generous. And you also have Shirelia's Reverie, not Shirelia's Battle Song. So I made a couple of um, executive uh, decisions there to put in some <laughs> items that have just gone through some renames. But uh, which which of these uh, items that have been removed do you have a uh, like a fond memory of, other than the ones you've mentioned that uh, you'd share? Um, I I always remember uh, spooky ghosts, mm-hmm. <laughs> old, twi- old, tw- old twin uh, shadows, yeah, <laughs> twin shadows, um, which I believe had a, a little Easter egg where if you did look up like spooky ghosts, it would pop up instead. Oh, cool! Um, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, so if you looked it up in the shop, whenever you were in game trying to find it, it would still pop up. I loved it. I, I mean, I didn't play support too often, but it was always fun. And anytime I got used, uh, all my friends were like, oh, "I'm using spooky ghosts," or "Oh, look at the spooky ghost go." Mm-hmm. So. Always fun, always exciting. Yeah, I like Twin Shadows. Uh, one of my favorites was Deathfire Grasp, uh, back when AP Tristana mid was a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you just stack the AP, get a Deathfire Grasp, and you could rocket jump in, throw the bomb down, get your auto attacks in. Uh, you would de- well, you would Deathfire Grasp because it amplifies all of your all magic damage that the mm-hmm. enemy would take. So while you're leaping. While you're in the air, you activate Deathfire Grasp on them, uh, launch your, your bomb on it, pop it all the way, and then uh, you ultimate them away, which did 
which scaled with AP and did a buttload of uh, base damage on top of it too. And then it was amplified by 10% from the Deathfire Grass. So it was basically like Assassin AP mid Tristana. It was, it was incredible. <laughs> it had zero counterplay. That was the problem. Oh yeah, no, it was fun. <laughs> I, I, I remember that. I got terrorized by it a few times. <laughs> Uh, the other one that that I that stands out to me is Hextech Gunblade. Mm-hmm. If it, am I not mistaken in saying that that was the last uh, ADAP item in the game? I think so because now we have what the uh, there's no I don't think there's I don't remember if there's any ADAP anymore. But now we have the Omnivamp, so it's kind of right. like the the blended um, mix where it's they're just kind of letting you benefit from both without building both. Yeah. I remember like this was kind of a premier item on, on old Akali, uh, mm-hmm. who benefited both from the AP and AD, maybe kale, uh, because not only did you get Katarina the Omni used to get it. Yeah. Pretty fun. Uh, crystalline flask here, which is now, I guess like, um, corrupting potion kind of does the same thing, uh, except it has the, the burn attached to it. Yeah. Uh, we did mention uh, Omrecker, which is now in Volibear's ult. Mm-hmm. Banner Command, which is now in kind of innately inside of, of Holebreaker. Yeah. Um, the Sightstone, the blue Sightstone, mm-hmm. and then you could upgrade it to the Ruby Sightstone. You didn't have to complete a support quest line in order to get access to your wards. All you had to do was yeah. just... get 800 gold, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just buy it real early and have those nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, now they kind of what catered them combine this with the support items so you actually get some stats instead of just the health <laughs> yeah that yeah that was the big gripe was um, i'm forced to get this item but it you know i'm losing a, a slot where i could have some you know survivability or some ap damage or something like that uh and then the old bilgewater cutlass which built into blade the ruin king uh that mm-hmm. had an active on it as well it and uh hextech i believe had the same active it was basically yes. just a slow if i remember correctly Yep. And then uh, you and I both kind of mentioned Spellbinder down here. Not really. That was in the game for a hot minute, and then it was gone. So Yeah, it was real soon. I mean, that, this can't have been more than two seasons ago, right? I don't think so. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was, I think it was season 10 that it showed up, and then that was mm-hmm. it. It was just gone. Never to be added again. Uh, but So I don't really have any stories about it, but uh, mm-hmm. I can talk about our current active items. So that's why I wanted nice. to to go through. We just kind of go through these briefly, talk about how we're seeing them used, what we're seeing them, what champions are building them, um, kind of uh, why those champions are building them, uh, potentially, mm-hmm. um, and then kind of go from there. So first we're gonna tackle Mythics. Uh, these are your two AP Mythics that have active items or active uh, I guess abilities to them. Uh, first one is Everfrost. Uh, this one unleashes a fan of icy shards and a cone in the target direction that deals some AP damage to all the enemies hit. Slows them uh, by 65%, but there's also a center line in that where enemies that are stuck in the center of that are rooted for the same duration and set. So it's an additional like kind of root item. Uh, and mm-hmm. you being a top laner, you really don't see a lot of uh, Everfrost, do you? No, I don't. I mean, I feel like I see it... Um mostly when i'm roaming around and engaging in those skirmishes i feel like there's a lot of utility mid laners that take it you know i think uh people like silas who aren't going to blow anyone up but are going to be alive and in a fight for a while so they want to make sure that people stay on top of them as well 
Um, but yeah, I don't really see it a ton. I'm seeing it a lot, uh, as you mentioned, with, with champions like Sauce. I see it with uh, Ari, Vagar. Um, any champion, I feel like, that has a slow CC ability in the sense that mm-hmm. it's either um, very telegraphed or it's a slow skill shot. So like Ari Charm, it, uh, mm-hmm. th- the Everfrost cast is faster than Ari Charm. The Everfrost cast is faster than the Vagar Cage going down. So I see it kind of helping those champions when if you're getting up close and kind of contesting CS, you hit them with the Everfrost first, and it pretty much guarantees that your CC ability is going to land after that. So I, I see it used that way, but it could also be in some of those situations where, like you said, you've got something that's somebody that's like hyper mobile, and maybe you want another form of lockdown uh, on there as well. So like I'll run it on on Lissandra, so just like even even more CC than like the the two forms that she already has. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that being one of them. Uh, then we have uh, this one is was it is it Proto Belt now? It's not Rocket Belt. Rocket Belt's the only uh, one. yeah, it's Proto Belt now. Proto Belt now. Uh, supersonic dash units forward, and then it unleashes an arc of seven rockets in the same direction. Afterwards, you gain 30% bonus movement speed while moving toward nearby enemy champions for one and a half seconds. So, again, another item you don't really see much in the top lane, but I'm sure you've encountered some junglers that uh, would even build this sometimes. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I will say that I did um, just notice that I did look it up real quick just to make sure we were wrong. Uh, it was originally Proto Belt, and now it's Rocket Belt. Ah, okay. <laughs> it's always good to yeah, fact check. Um, <laughs> yeah, and once again, uh, one I don't really have a ton of experience with. I don't really see it up top too often. I think I've gotten it on Rumble a couple times, but that's it. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't really play Rumble a ton, so definitely definitely not. And it's not um, so much for the damage. It's more for the gap close. Yeah, it's more for the utility. We see it a lot with uh, either AP people who... Um, don't have any gap close think like any ad carry that would take a different mythic item we're gonna take later gale force mm-hmm. uh or uh assassins too i mean i'm trying to think who's the last person i played that um had proto belts um i've seen it on diana do you take it on a co- yeah do you take it on a collie or do you take I, something else i have i have taken it on a collie sometimes i go um not rift maker it's the other like night night harvester mm-hmm. if i want more bursts but it really depends on like who I'm I'm playing into. So if if it's something like uh, like a Caitlyn who has the the she can net away, or if it's a Tr- Tristana who can W away, anybody that has sort of those those built-in dashes, uh, maybe even an Ezreal that can arcane shift away. Anytime they can exert or or use that ability in addition to a flash, I like to mm-hmm. have this to help close the gap. Okay. Cool. Now, let's get into the ones that you are going to know a heck of a oh, lot yeah. more than I am. Let's go. Uh, on. We're going to get into our fighter mythics. There are two activatable uh, fighter mythics, uh, one being Gore Drinker. The other one is uh, Stridebreaker, but Gore Drinker, we'll take a look at that one first. Uh, its active item is, or item activation is Thirsting Slash. Deals 175% base AD physical damage to enemies in a 450 radius centered around you. You heal for 25% of your AD and 10% mm-hmm. of your missing health for each enemy champion hit. And um, this I didn't know. I didn't know that it was uh, reduced by ability haste. So you could probably have this yes. off of a uh, cooldown quite a bit. 
Oh yeah. Um, it's a very fun ability. It's very, very fun for fighters. Anybody that's going to be, uh, in a group of people dealing a ton of damage, probably getting focused down a bit. Um, especially if you're trying to bait someone into a fight with you when your team's nearby, uh, pop in the middle of them, hit your, um, hit your active boom. All of a sudden you've gone from, you know, 20% health, uh, a third of HP, whatever it is. Uh, and now you're nearly full health again and you're good to go. You can fight for a lot longer. It does Very build out level. of um, Iron Spike Whip, which is down at the bottom of the screen. Iron Spike Whip has... Its, actually, both of these items are built out of Iron Spike, right? Yes, they do. Um, yes, they do. Uh, and, and these are... Um, Iron Spike Whip is mostly useful for uh, trades in lane and farming in lane. Uh, it, you don't get the uh, extra bonuses. For example, uh, uh, we'll talk about Strybreaker in a second, but you don't get the increased uh, health gain from that you would from thirsting slash it's just some flat damage and that's it okay uh with stridebreaker it's act it's item activation is called halting slash uh that kind of does the same that deals 175 percent base ad physical damage to enemies in that same radius around you uh but mm -hmm. instead of your healing for 25 percent of your ad you slow those enemies that you hit by 40 percent uh for three seconds you can move this while casting it also has its cooldown reduced uh there so i guess i guess my question would be how do you know when to build Stridebreaker versus Gore Drinker? Uh, a lot of it depends on kit. Um, okay. I'm trying to think of... I actually have a champion where I build both of these, depending on the game, so I can talk about that for now. Um, I play a lot of Fiora. Love Fiora. She's a very fun champion. She has a lot of interesting builds and runes that you can go. Um, I take Gore Drinker if I am planning on being in a lot of extended fights. So... Okay. Uh, maybe the other team has a lot of fighters, uh, maybe a couple tanks, or maybe not a ton of tanks, but um, a few fighters that we're not really going to be able to burst down, so we're probably expecting some long, drawn-out fights. Uh, then I'm going to go Gore Drinker and Conqueror to, to pair those together. Uh, those are going to let me get a lot of healing off and let me stay in my fight longer. Uh, it's, just, it's just a nice ability to make sure that you are staying in the fight as long as possible. Do these give you... I don't know if you would know this. This might be a like a question I left out. Do you know if these give you like an auto attack reset or they're just, um, just considered an ability, I guess just something completely separate. To... Hmm. I should know that because auto attack resets are a really big part of yours kit. Uh, I want to say no, but I don't know for sure. I wouldn't think that they would because it's an item active. It would almost mm -hmm. like be giving yeah. auto attack resets to champions that don't yes. have them. Um, well, you used to get it with, um, uh, the Tiamat active that you used okay. to have when you had to activate Tiamat. Yeah. So uh, it used to be an active, uh, an auto attack reset with um, Ravenous Hydra, but not with uh, Titanic Hydra. Oh, okay. I don't know if there's a lot of, I don't know how much logic there is behind the auto attack resets, but we'll see. Yeah, for sure. I used to see, so we used to see Stridebreaker on Nocturne. Um, yeah. I think, it was one of the reasons why we saw it on him so much was because the slow was like giga busted. So now it's at 40%, but I think it used to be yeah. like 65% or maybe it was 80. It was some ridiculously high slow percentage. Mm -hmm. And then they, they gutted it. And so we stopped seeing it on him, but it was a way for him to uh, really kind of zoom in on the AD carry. And if it's already an AD carry that's immobile or a squishy target that's immobile, you pop halting slash and they're slowed even more. Uh, and they're basically, it's basically like <laughs> it used to be almost as if they were rooted. The slow was so, yeah. so high, almost like a wither. 
Yeah, it was definitely aggressive, and you can kind of see that in the way that different champions take it. You think of um, Garen, for example, is a mm-hmm. champion that will take Stridebreaker a lot. Uh, you activate your Q, uh, run on top of them, uh, silence them, activate Stridebreaker, and now this person cannot escape your uh, Whirling of Death. I also like to take it on Fiora when I'm against a an opponent that's a little squishier, or maybe a team full of squishy people, uh, and I'll take it with Press the Attack instead of uh, my normal conqueror or or grasp of the end dying interesting so it's very fun to hop on somebody uh activate it pop ults boom now you have your vitals ready to go and they are just you know getting burst down pretty quickly so. okay yeah i guess that makes sense i mean if you're in a thing where you've got because with the fewer vitals having to, to kind of dance around them and hit you know kind of all four corners of that you probably value the slow of that but you do get some mm-hmm. like q resets and to like your q gets on a pretty low cooldown eventually right where you can kind of be dashing around or yes, if you proc yeah. a vital does it does it give uh, you like q, a reduced cooldown on it or something the the cooldown is only changed um uh when you uh, land it on somebody so okay. if you land it on a uh minion or on a uh, uh a jungle monster or a champion uh it's just a flat decrease in cooldown so it doesn't okay. change the vitals okay cool all right awesome well let's get into uh, a couple more mythics we have the these are these do not necessarily go together okay but they're only one of the of the kind that we have we have our assassin mythic and we have our tank mythic both of these have uh, active parts so then the first one is prowler's claw which has some uh, <laughs> interesting champions that we see it on but we have prowler's claw uh it's active is called Sandswipe. You dash in a line through the target uh, enemy champion's location, and upon completing the dash, you deal 75 plus you know some bonus AD physical damage to them, and then you increase the damage that you deal to them by 15% for the next three seconds. So it's kind of like old Deathfire Grasp. Uh, you cast mm-hmm. it and you do the increase. I have seen this in the top lane, but it's been on the terror that is uh, Lethality <laughs> Scion. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if terror is the right word. I feel like it's just meme at this point. Sometime I run into the Scion, I'm just like, what are you, what are you doing? It's terrible. Like if this? you're if you're a, a a mid lane squishy mage or an AD carry, and you're trying to defend a tower, and he doesn't care, he just dies to the tower, and then he saves this item activation because he can cast active items when he's in zombie form. And so mm-hmm. then he dashes through you and then just wails on you with like three or four punches and you're dead. Yeah, it's definitely not fun. I, I will say that's probably one of the least fun builds I've ever played against. Maybe <laughs> only Karma is like the least. It could be worse. <laughs> uh, it's shown up on Ezreal. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Uh, because the the changes to uh, Divine Sunderer, uh, Ezreal's kind of moved away from that one a little bit and kind of building more like essence reaver and when he goes essence reaver that's his sheen item so mm-hmm. versus going divine sunder or going um trinity force he'll end up going some sort of lethality or he can go crown of the shattered queen we've seen that one yeah. but um if he wants to go more aggressive he'll either go this or dust blade uh, and i think the, they debate which one is uh better but i don't think you use the item that much i've seen it on gangplank too mm-hmm. um but you don't really you don't find yourself in many situations to even use the active. It's more, I think more for the raw stats of the item. Interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I think it's the same way. Uh, you, you use it a couple times on gangplank, but it's mostly there just for the increased lethality and burst. Mm-hmm. Um, it is fun on Pike. Uh, but now mm. I think Pike likes to play with uh, Dustblade. 
but okay. I really like the if you dash with Pike and you didn't quite get far enough to uh, snare them with your E, you can sand swipe through them and extend the range of your E. Uh, so then you uh, obviously you then stun them and then you do a buttload of damage to them and it's usually enough to end up getting the execute with your ult. So uh, yeah. cool item for sure. <laughs> Fair and balanced. Uh, Supercharger or the uh, Turbo Chem Tank is our tank mythic with uh, an active on it. It is called Supercharge for four seconds. Grant forty percent bonus movement speed and ghosting when moving towards a turret or visible enemy champions within two thousand units. After the duration, or when an enemy champion is within a certain range, you emit a shockwave, slowing the enemy champions within that range by fifty percent. Uh, this is kind of the more traditionally built on tanks we did see this pop up on like diana and akali a little a few patches yeah, for a ago. little while yeah until it got nerfed but, but uh, for the most part it's tanks are, are you seeing it very much at all anymore not really I, i've seen it it's, yeah. it popped up on um on a hecarim game not too long ago mm-hmm. like an lcs but yeah. beyond that i'm really uh not seeing i'm seeing more sunfire cape or sunfire yes. aegis yeah i um I'm seeing a lot of Sunfire, or flip side, I used to take it on Orin for a little while, just a bit. Um, and then uh, Frostfire got buffed, and this got like a little tweaked, and then mm-hmm. just have only taken Frostfire now. Yeah, it kind of they changed the way that you gain the stacks with them because there's another there's another passive on this where as you're moving, uh, you're gaining stacks, and then instead of this doing consistent damage all the, all around you you expel those stacks on on attack and so then you do like mm-hmm. this burst of damage but tanks aren't really looking to do yeah. bursty damage <laughs> so you're kind of uh, like i guess you would get i think it synergizes well with hecarim's kit because he gets the bonus uh you know damage from his movement speed so it does synergize with that and it could i think it could be you know potentially uh, useful for like Nunu maybe when he's snowballing in, so he gets a faster snowball. Mm-hmm. But um, but then again, you're also you could run Predator uh, in place of that. Uh, but then you know Phase Rush is also a thing. So if you value the movement speed within combat as opposed to just you know charging in for a gank. But uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, I really don't see it as much as uh, as I used to. Yeah, I'd be interested to see the uh, pick rates for that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be a good uh, stat to, to look up for sure. Uh, next are uh, we have three more mythics. Uh, this is the only mythic that is most commonly built uh, in the bot lane for AD carries. Uh, we mentioned Prowler's Claw earlier on on Ezreal, uh, but we do see the uh, this active mythic item. Uh, this is Gale Force. Its active is called Cloudburst. Dash to the target location, uh, though not through terrain, so you can't hop walls. And fire three homing missiles at the most wounded enemy within a certain distance of you at the end of the dash, prioritizing enemy champions. Each missile does a certain amount of damage, increasing based on the target's missing health. Uh, I li- I really like Gale Force. I know you played ADC yeah. uh, last season in, um, in Coach Rivals, so you have some experience with this as well, but uh, it can definitely you can definitely find yourself in some some hairy situations <laughs> depending mm-hmm. on how aggressive you are. Oh yeah, I mean it's I truly think that it is one of the most unique and game changing items they've added to a specific role. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean I'm thinking of champions like Jin, where you know one of the only real um, 
ways to counter Jin was to pick somebody that could dive them and stay on top of them, yeah. right? Or pick somebody that could uh, easily close that gap because Jin does not have uh, any kind of uh, gap closer or um, way to get out of fight except for Flash. Now, with this item, which is very good on him, especially if you are trying to use it aggressively to knock someone down a little to a little over a health percentage to get that fourth shot off and kill them, um, it's also good for surviving in these fights and staying alive in ganks, which is uh, really, really useful for him. So I know it's been good on a lot of 80 carries. Uh, definitely, um, I don't know how many people like it, but definitely a great item that they've added as far as how many people pick it up and how game-changing it's been. Yeah, and I, I like that when they sought to, when they introduced Mythics, they were talking about one of the things they wanted to do was diversify uh, play styles. So instead, diversify item builds. So, you know, choosing your mythic based on the type of game you wanted to play at that time, mm -hmm. you know, um, so you can adapt and have these different builds. And um, they've, some people are still critics of it because they see, you know, some mythics, you know, rise in popularity and being the standard stock build. But I don't think that's necessarily the case for AD carries. Mm -hmm. I think AD carries has the most diversity as far as um, their mythic items. But I really liked Gale Force because I used it with Zaya, and I would use it to reposition to pull my feathers through. So instead of like having a flash feather pull, I would have a kind of cloudburst feather pull as well. Uh, and then I could dash to close the distance, you know, or, or to extend that distance even more. So there are definitely some really cool things. We are seeing it, though, on Trendomir top lane, though. Have you encountered that? Uh, I've encountered it a bit. I've played it a bit. Um, <laughs> it's it's a, it's a thing. It's, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not very good at Trendomir. I'm not very good at timing when I should go in, especially as glass, um, glass cannony uh, as he's built uh, currently. It's just, it's fun. <laughs> I hate I hate playing against Trendomir. I will say that. No, oh, it's uh, just as a as a as someone who plays squishy champions, uh, it's a well, terror. Trendomir was one of those where I hated playing against it, so I thought, all right, well, let me turn around and do this to the people I'm playing against. And I was like, no, I'm not very good at it either. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, support mythics. We have two here, uh, and I, I do uh, like both of these items. I spent a long time playing support. Uh, first, we have uh, Locket which its active is Devotion. You grant allied champions within 850 radius a shield for um, basically uh, 2365 uh, damage, but it's it's based on their level uh, that decays over two and a half seconds. I think it's a fantastic item uh, that is kind of conditional. I don't know that you would necessarily always build this, but I can think of a few scenarios where it's like, yeah, I think that extra shield would be really, really good. It's um I really like it. it. It feels very nice to have as um, a support player. It just kind of fits really thematically in. Mm -hmm. um, I, I love when an item fits like that, right? Where uh, this is an item that, uh, as a support champion, your goal is to, uh, more than anything else, just in the name, right? You're supporting your team, whether that is through uh, helping with initiation, whether it is to help peel, whether that is to uh, do a little damage, right? And so for our champions that are peeling... Or even for our champions that are initiating and then trying to stay alive in these fights, just I don't know if it's nice to have that that big shield going across your entire team. So yeah, for sure. Our Carter is saying uh, Locket versus Execute Champs is their favorite. So yeah, it could be really good um, into Assassins. Uh, you know, you have somebody trying to dive your ADC. Uh, you can you know pop the Locket active to try to give them a, a little bit of health to try to survive that burst. I think it's really great into Karthus. 
So anytime his ult, uh, you see the ult coming down, you tell the team, all right, everybody group up. <laughs> everybody <laughs> gather around me, and you pop lock it to try to absorb some of the damage. Um, I think it's really good with, with uh, Taric. I think mm-hmm. uh, this should be the go-to item for Taric players, even though he obviously he could use Shirelia's, he could use Imperial Mandate, uh, you know, he could use uh, any number of Mythics. But I think this was really good because when you cast your ultimate on Taric, you have the kind of that activation time where the you know the ultimate is coming down before your team is fully immune. I like the Devotion Active on Locket mm-hmm. to be able to help survive any damage that would be coming in during that time, and then it kind of guarantees that your ultimate. Not you know guarantees, but pretty close to guarantee that your ultimate is going to uh, come in in time and and actually you know your team can take advantage of it for sure. Yeah. Uh, next, what we have Shirelia's, I believe it's a battle song now. It used to be uh, Reverie, but Shirelia's battle song. Uh, its active is called Inspire. Grants you and all allies within one thousand units of you thirty percent bonus movement speed for four seconds. So this is this is the zoom item and I tend to see it used with other uh champions that also have zooming in their kits and so they just go like extra zooming with Shirelia's. It's been fun. Uh I know we pop it all the time. I'm trying to think of who um I think when we play in our fives, our organized fives games, um our support likes to take it on like Lulu or something and it's just Nice to have that little little bit of a speed up when you are running away or, or uh, uh, chasing someone down, trying to extend the fight or escape the fight. So, I think it's a good supplemental item because, like, even when we would go back to the episode where we were talking about what like check boxes do we tick when we try to build a team comp, and mm-hmm. you know, if you have a team comp that doesn't have a lot of hard engage uh, mm-hmm. or doesn't have any hard engage, this doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily replace that. Um, but if you have one one particular champion that has a very long range engage tool, mm-hmm. this could be used to supplement to help get the rest of your team there in time. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm trying to. My mind is. Uh, I guess you know maybe something like a Pantheon or something. You know, if Pantheon's right. going to hard engage uh, from mm-hmm. like a screen or two away. You know, you pop or this so it. the rest of the team can go in. Yeah, when you take that Ash Lulu bot lane, right? Mm-hmm. Um, You've got your Ash ult, and you've got you know Lulu that can build Shirelias, and you land a good stun, and all of a sudden it's go time, right? Like mm-hmm. your team's speeding up on the way in. So I also really like taking it when you can stack it on other abilities, right? I love seeing like a Kled comp with Sivir yeah. <laughs> uh, and Shirelias. They just zoom in all over the place. So you uh, maybe not you, the most efficient, but very fun. Kled, Sivir, <laughs> uh, and then you can take um, uh, Karma. And so you have mm-hmm. the Mantra Shield that also gives the speed. Pop Shirelia's, pop the Silver Ult, and then the Kled Ult. Uh, you, I think you break the game at that point. Mm-hmm. For sure. <laughs> uh, we also have... So we get away from Mythics. Obviously, these are some other active items we have, but these are support warding items. So pretty straightforward. We're not going to go through all these, but... Um, uh, I think this was a great change to the game. We kind of touched on it earlier. We used to have the Sight Stone and then the Ruby Sight Stone, and then now you have these little mini quests that you can... Com- complete as a support player to get access to bonus stats and and bonus wards uh and then yeah then later on you end up getting and the one thing that i did not put on here there's an item that i know that i'm missing it is the um the brand new warding item that came out this season was oh, the yeah. um which vig- is it vigilant wardstone or something like that yeah it's where you can buy what's it's it'll give you some health um and let you stack up some pink wards right and then uh when you when you upgrade it you end up a- being able to 
place more than one control ward at a time. Yeah. And and that's really cool uh, as well. So that I do not have that one on here, but that is also an awarding item. Mm-hmm. Uh, predator boots. So obviously if you take the predator keystone, then your boots become an active item as well. And you do not have to have tier two boots for this. You can uh, do this with uh, the brown plastic bag mm-hmm. uh, or paper bag shoes uh, that you would put on. <laughs> it puts the little wolf down there in the bottom right-hand corner. And now you have a uh, zoomy pair of boots. I see these, I guess, on Nunu. Mm-hmm. Uh, more bo- I'm, I'm seeing it in Vagar in the mid lane, too, because it helps you close the distance yes. and be able to drop your cage. But beyond that, yeah, I don't on, see it very much. I mean, I still think an Annie with uh, Predator is one of yes. those terrifying things you can face. It's just... You know, that's one of Annie's whole things, just like the Jin with Gale Force, right? Is uh, if they don't have any kind of movement speed or gap close, then they get a little less scary until they pop that Predator. They're level six, they have the stun ready to go, uh, and they are sprinting at your team full tilt. So <laughs> definitely one of the scariest things you can see on the Rift. For sure. Some legendaries. Uh, so we're getting into our non-mythics, non-support uh, or keystone related. Uh, we talked about Anathema's Chains a little bit last week. Something's kind of a situational item. Uh, it's active. It's called Vow, where you designate the target enemy champion as your nemesis. And you uh, gain stacks of Vendetta over time. And once you have the full stacks, you basically do... Uh, they do less damage to you, and they have reduced tenacity uh, versus mm-hmm. you as well. So we we talked about kind of niche things. Um, Gargoyle Stoneplate is the next one. Its active is called Monolith. Gain a shield for 100, decaying over two and a half seconds, and you gain a 25% increase in size while active. So a couple interesting things about Gargoyle Stoneplate. Uh, I have this listed under tank legendaries, but um, if you watch the Immortals versus TSM game yesterday then you would have seen Power of Evil build Gargoyle Stoneplate on Cassiopeia as mm. like his, I think it was his third item maybe? It could have been his second item. I think he went uh, Leandry's first and then mm-hmm. he may have gone into straight into Gargoyle's after that. And apparently it is a legit thing. Like the mm-hmm. all the Cassiopeia mains say, yes, you always get this item. <laughs> awesome. I mean, that's not super surprising because wasn't the big drawback to taking gargoyles on a damage heavy champion that it used to decrease the amount of damage you did? Uh, I believe so. Like, I think so. Yeah. I thought I could have sworn that old gargoyles used to when you popped it. Yes, you got a huge shield. Yes, you got the increased size, but you did less damage. Um, and so it was really good on uh, tanks because they weren't trying to do too much damage in general. But it was also decent on burst champions uh, because you would like throw your kit down, uh, pop gargoyles, and then once it disappeared in a few seconds, you were hopefully your cooldowns were back up and you could use them again. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that it's just the the flat shield and um, size, I mean, we think of Cassiopeia as like the machine gun spellcaster, right? Mm-hmm. Like she is throwing down whatever. I can't even remember what that. I don't know what the ability is. I haven't played Cassiopeia in years. Uh, but she's throwing down those fangs constantly. Twin fang. Right? Constantly do- <laughs> twin fang, yeah. Yep. Constantly doing damage. Um, and yeah, it makes sense that she would want something that keeps her alive as much as possible. So, yeah. So we're seeing it and and I was, I was basically on Reddit today. I was reading because in the post game match between immortals and TSM, of course, everybody's flaming power of evil's build power of evil is known to have like experiment with 
his builds, like this mad scientist thing. He was especially like with Oriana, he was building uh, Nashor's Tooth on Oriana to kind of maximize his auto attack damage and things of that mm-hmm. nature. So he's like people are used to him experimenting with this, but they were like hard flaming his build in this game. And then there was a Reddit post today where uh, somebody popped in. It's like, listen, I'm a you know, an old Cassiopeia main and here, and he listed a bunch of other Cassiopeia mains and, and we yeah. all agree that, yeah, that in, in most cases, and even in like the Korean solo queue, the top uh, Korean Cassiopeia players are building Gargoyle Stoneplate for that very reason. You say, if you're, if you're dead, you do no damage. So this, since she doesn't buy boots, she has in theory, uh, extra gold to spend. And so you get this, you do a ton of sustained fast damage. So you don't necessarily need all the itemization to do burst. So you get this instead, pop it so that you can live a little bit longer and continue the damage output. So I think it's could be similar to something like Cogmaw. Like we would see Cogmaw yeah. build, you know, some tanky items, this, this one that we're about to mention. Um, yeah. So yeah, really not much different than that. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense because it's the same reason why Ezreal's take Crown Guard, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's Or why any... Uh, mid laner against a long drawn out team fight or assassins would take crown guard to make sure that you stay alive longer and do more damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, next item is Randuin's Omen. This one's gone through some changes, uh, but it does have an active here that is unleash a shockwave around you that slows nearby enemies by 99%. That is a gigantic slow, uh, by the way, but it only slows them by a quarter of a second and reduces their attack damage by 10% and critical strike damage by 20% for four seconds. Uh, I actually learned something here. I do not uh, play any champions that would build Randuin's. Um, I knew that it did the shockwave that slowed, but I did not know that it effectively crippled their attack damage and, and crit damage for that much. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good uh, when you're taking it on a uh, tank and you are hopping onto an enemy AD carry um, just because they can't really afford to peel you off at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of relying on their armor pin and their crit to, to kind of shred you after a little while. And when you are reducing that critical strike damage and their attack speed, uh, it's a lot harder for them to melt you. So you get a little bit of time to not just get on top of them so they're no longer doing damage to your to your team but also that so they're not really doing as much damage to you so it's it's a it's a really neat little item uh one thing i wonder kind of revisit with gargoyle stone gargoyle stone plate this mm-hmm. and the elixirs which i did for some reason i didn't put elixirs in our slide deck either um mm-hmm. but elixir of iron and gargoyle stone plate if i'm not mistaken these are the only two items in the game that give you increased size Yes, I and I because I think the other things that do so are just uh, champion kits. Mm-hmm. You know, Zach, the more health he builds, the bigger he gets. So, and there's not a lot, there's not a lot of stuff in the game that is impacted by your champion size. Like mm-hmm. I know, like Tom Kinch's Q, its hitbox is wider, I believe, based on how large he is. Um. But beyond that, my mind is struggling to find what else in the game benefits from the increase. I, I mean, it makes you bigger, and so it makes your hitbox larger. So I guess if you really want to absorb damage, you make yourself a larger target so that you can better protect your teammates, in theory. But beyond that, I mean, can can you think of anything that I'm not thinking of? I don't think so. 
maybe it. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. I think. I mean, I think that's it. It's just. It's just such an odd stat. Like, hey, by the way, you're gonna get fifty percent. You're gonna larger. gain. You're gonna get bigger. Yeah. I don't know. What What are you gaining from that? Just oh, maybe they'll click on me instead of my teammates. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just body block. I guess. Uh, an AD legendary. Uh, the only AD legendary that we have that is also has an item active is uh, Yomu's Ghostblade. Uh, its active is called Wraith Step. You gain 20% bonus movement speed and ghosting for six seconds. So we've seen this word ghosting. We saw it on, um, what was it? What was the item that we saw? We saw ghosting on Turbo Chem Tank. Uh, and I thought we saw ghosting on something else. I could be wrong. Uh, but ghosting is a term here, and you kind of have to understand uh, what that means. Ghosting is basically you're not, there's no minion blocking. Mm-hmm. Correct? Yes. Um, I think as some champions have this built into their kit. I think uh, Cassidy has it built into his passive. He has permanent ghosting, if I remember correctly. Um, there may be one more, but uh, this this active item does give you that. But it's, it's primarily for the move move speed. I don't really see the camera like. Yeah, I really want ghosting. I don't really want. I really want ghosting. I don't want to be blocked by these minions. You know, I just <laughs> want to be able to run freely through them as I chase down my lane opponents. Um, yeah, no, I mean it's it's mostly for that movement speed. Uh, works very similarly to the way Kim Tank would, or the way that um, what did we just talk about? Shirelia's um, uh, would, mm-hmm. where you're able to uh, close that gap on some champions that might have a bit hard of a time. Um, so it, it's uh, it's very useful for your assassins that yeah, are trying to get on for top sure. Of yeah, basically, you buy this building yeah. lethality and needs mm-hmm. to uh, run you down. I have, and I mentioned this earlier when I said Prowler's Claw on Scion. I've seen this on Scion as well. Yes, <laughs> yes, I have. Prowler's Claw, and then you pop this, and you hit one of his uh, abilities, and he is uh, straight zooming. Oh boy. Support legendaries. We have, I uh, believe, we just have. Oh, we actually have four support legendaries uh, here. The first nice. one is Knight's Vow. It's active. It's called uh, Pledge. Actually, both of these two. So you have Knight's Vow and uh, Zeke's. Both of these require a partner to tether to or kind of like active, you know, activate on them. Uh, but the first one, Knight's Vow Pledge, is designated ally champion is worthy, forming a tether between you and them. Champions can only be designated as worthy by one Knight's Vow at a time. And then once you designate them as worthy, the passive with the item is that um, all the support mains in the chat are going to flame me for this if I don't get it. I, I believe you take <laughs> <laughs> you take some of their damage that they are receiving, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And then some yes, of the I believe so. damage... I can't remember if some of the damage you do heals them. Uh, support mains in the chat may have to... My, my mouse cursor disappeared again. Last week I had this issue again, but it's doing it again. <laughs> Uh, where I I can see where it's actually hovering over things, but I can't actually actively search the internet. Uh, The other one is uh, Zeke's... uh, Gosh, I called it... I called it... uh, Is it Harbinger or Convergence? Oh, man. uh, It is Convergence. Zeke's Convergence. Now, Conduit, uh, you designate ally champion as the accomplice, forming a Mm -hmm. tether between you and them. And this is where... Uh, anytime you uh, lay down uh, some CC on the enemy, you end up amplifying the damage that your your tethered teammates uh, does to them. So definitely some really cool teammates or, or items here, especially if you have uh, a an uber fed uh, teammate and you just mm-hmm. want to uh, keep buffing them up and keep them alive and help them do more damage. Uh, these are definitely two items to go with. 
Yeah, and that's what I think of when I when I see these items, right? I think of like a like a MMORPG where it's like, all right, stack your buffs and let's see what they can do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love the idea of being able to help your teammate out with with a specific item. Um, same thing with like, uh, well, I'll, I'll save that for next. But um, same thing with some of the other support items where you build it and it's less for you. It's a very selfless buy. Um, so very very fun item. Yeah, for sure. So let's get into these other two, because uh, then we want to talk about these two. We have uh, uh, Redemption, which has some really cool plays. We'll talk about that. And then we have, uh, now it's Mikhail's Blessing, correct? I think so. It should be Mikhail's Blessing. Redemption. Yeah, I have so many items in my head. But, uh, we have Redemption here. Uh, it's active. It's called Intervention. This is where it calls down this gigantic circle of light. Uh, it, uh, it heals your allies within the circle based on their level. And enemy champions take 10% of their maximum health as true damage. Uh, you can also use this item active while dead, which is really cool, but you cannot use it if you buy it after you die Mm. so uh if you if you die and you're like ah someone to contribute to the fight let me open up my shop real quick and and buy redemption and then cast it you can't do that you have to be alive when you buy it uh yeah but have you seen uh neutral objective steals with redemption i have seen neutral objectives those are super hype (laughs) yeah it's very fun um is that still something that happens, or did they change that? Because this description makes it sound like it's just enemy champions. Uh, maybe they did change it, but I remember being able to steal with Redemption. Oh, I remember it happening for sure. I just don't remember. I, it hasn't happened in ages, and I think it's because they changed it. Maybe, yeah. Now the, the text does say enemy champions, so... <laughs> Uh, I do remember uh, execution snipes, people trying yeah. to like surviving a team fight and getting away. Uh, and the support wasn't able to use redemption in time. They could use redemption from the grave and, and getting some mm-hmm. uh, some cleanup kills with it uh, is a lot of fun for sure. Uh, Mikhail's Blessing, its active is called Purify. And this is going to kind of go along with the next two items we have. Uh, but you remove all crowd control debuffs except for the following. Airborne, Blind, Disarm, Ground, Nearsight, and Suppression from yourself or an allied champion and heal the target based on their uh, based on their level as well. So this is a really cool item for supports to kind of if if you want to build this, it can save your AD carry and item slot, so you don't have to they don't have to buy um, QSS yep. uh, or um, what we'll talk about. You know, the other two items we'll talk about next, but um, definitely involves a lot of trust. If you're <laughs> if you're an AD carry or a oh, yeah. or a squishy mage or something, and you're counting on your support to build this item and actually uh, use it correctly, uh, you know it's it gives the potential for a lot of flame in the sense of you know I counted on you to use this and you didn't use it, but at the same time it doesn't work on all forms of CC. Yeah, it's a it's a very interesting item. I've definitely seen some flame regarding it. <laughs> it's like why would you get it if you're not going to use it? Oh, mm-hmm. I forgot I had it, or oh, you you know you you it was too quick. I couldn't use it on you in time. So it's a, it's a fun one. Uh, it's very useful in when you have a good support or when you're in an organized uh, in organized comps and you just kind of um, talk to them about it as it's happening. Yeah, and when you uh, use an item like this, similar to QSS. It removes all crowd control debuffs that are currently applied. So if the enemy is like layering a bunch of CC all at one time, you will cleanse all of them at once. 
but if you're waiting for if as soon as you if you pop this item as soon as the first form of cc hits then there's going to get hit by the subsequent cc right after Um, so it kind of it is kind of niche in that regard and since that uh, more organized teams and especially um you know teams of five if they're playing a comp that has a lot of cc they're gonna try to layer that cc a little bit more so they'll wait Mm -hmm. to use a cc ability until one expires so i don't think this is really good all the time that the enemy team has crowd control but if they have like one major crowd control ability like an ash arrow that's a long range like a super stun if it hits you from base or something um you know any of these ones that uh, you would have the CC hit, and then there's going to be kind of a, a delay of time before the other team is able to follow up with it. I think this is a great item uh, to use to kind of free them so that they can then start to <laughs> you know increase the distance before the other team closes the gap, for sure. I agree. Uh, next two items are very similar to that. Uh, these are ones where you can only cast it on yourself, whereas Mikhail's you can cast on yourself or a teammate, these are just for you. They are both built out of Quicksilver Sash. And uh, this is one I found interesting because all three of these items have the same active ability name. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you go back to the Iron Spike Whip, they have uh, different names. So Iron Spike yeah. Whip is Crescent, Thirsting Slash, then Halting Slash. Um, so this one, they all built out of QSS and they all have the same active ability name even though the active abilities all do something different so yeah it's really it's really interesting literally Um. unplayable (laughs) (laughs) uh quicksilver just the item the quicksilver sash uh removes all crack control debuffs except for airborne from your Mm -hmm. champion so it does a little bit more than uh mikhail's blessing yeah mercurial scimitar scimitar that removes all those crowd control debuffs uh except for airborne from your champion and and grants uh movement speed and ghosting for an additional second and then you have silver mirror dawn which i never see this item oh yeah i so i just went on ahead and looked it up just to check and see if i was just imagining things no um according to league of items it is at a (laughs) 0.27 percent pick rate that's wild uh so normally when you look at a champ um it'll have you highest win rate champions highest pick rate champions champion stats by order uh it, there's not even enough played games to show that so wow it's just blank <laughs> yeah and i think i think it is too kind of one of those situations it's fallen into the same realm of grievous wounds where people will just get oblivion orb or executioner's calling and just sit on it mm-hmm. uh because they value the stats and and other items before they complete this and most games don't go to okay, everybody's got six items, but if you're going to get Quicksilver Sash, then, you know, I, I don't know, maybe just people aren't finishing it and they just sit on well, QSS instead. I think a big part of that as a top lane player is the um, play style of a typical top lane champion. I mean, this mm-hmm. is going to fit mostly in, it doesn't, like, let me check just to make sure, but um, it gives you a little bit of attack damage. It gives you 40, 300 health, and 35 magic resist. A lot of your top lane champions are already going to have some health, so it's a little less imperative than, for them to have that QSS mm-hmm. because they'll be able to survive that burst or that damage a little bit more uh, than, say, uh, an AD carry would. Um, and especially a tank would not take this because they're just going to eat it, right? They, they don't need to. Very little of that CC is actually going to be used on them compared to their squishies. 
Uh, and so they'd rather just build the flat stats so that if it does get used on them, they stay alive uh, and they're good to go to fight the rest of that fight. So. Yeah, for sure. I, I will, I'll be honest. Whenever I was putting this all together and I saw this on there, I was like, that item's not even in the game anymore. <laughs> and I thought, I thought this was uh, like a Twisted Tree Line item or something yeah. that was on the list. I thought it was a mistake on the wiki. And I had to confirm, like, oh, yeah, this item is no, really still there. in the game. <laughs> it's just not in your games. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's uh, not in any of our games. Yeah, so it's it's active does change, does differ a little bit from Mercurial Scimitar. It does, instead of giving you the movement speed after you cleanse the crowd control debuff, it gives you 40% tenacity, 40% slow resist, and uh, ghosting for three seconds instead of one. So I think it is kind of cool in the sense that once you do... Um, cleanse it, you then get the additional tenacity, so any subsequent CC that's coming your way is going to be brought in at a reduced rate mm-hmm. anyways. Um, so, I, I don't know. Like, in theory, I think it's a good item, but I think you're right. I, it, some A lot of these items aren't... It's not. They're not built because the active is bad, or the active isn't useful. They're kind of built because the stats, they would just get mm-hmm. more value out of other items that have stats at, at a higher efficiency. Yeah, and as delivery service is saying in uh, our chat, it's just like who who are you gonna take it against? Right, you're gonna right. take it against Malzahar. Well, as a, as a top lane player, um, who are you? When, when are you gonna get Malzolted? Right, mm-hmm. like your Malzahar is never gonna ult you. They might ult you once or twice at the beginning of the game for a gank, but like they don't want to wait ult on you. Uh, same thing with Mordekaiser. Mordekaiser probably doesn't want to be wasting his ult on you. He wants to be taking out uh, one of the Fed carries or taking out a squishy so that he can beat up on him in the uh, shadow realm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Skarner, can't remember the last time I saw Skarner. <laughs> and um, I, sorry, it's just true. I haven't seen Skarner in ages, and also he normally doesn't really force it. So yeah, um, and it's just the one. And and it's the the other interesting thing, I guess, with that with Malzahar and Skarner, and I would say. Uh, not Lissandra. Lissandra wouldn't count here. But for Malzahar and Skarner, uh, they can't do really much while that that their ultimate is is on. Anyways, like Skarner can pull you, but he's not gonna be like actively dishing out a ton of damage, like to try to burst you down during that ult. He's relying on his teammates to do that, uh, or put you in a bad position so that his teammates can collapse on you. Malzahar does do the damage. Um, but it's not this crazy like burst damage. You typically don't die during the cast of the Malzahar ult. <laughs> he, I, I haven't seen a Malzahar 100 to zero somebody yeah. just by himself in the ult unless there's like some crazy circumstance. Right. Um, so I, I guess that kind of maybe plays in it too. Like you know, if you're in such a bad position where you're going to be caught by that, and their his four teammates are going to collapse on you, and your team isn't there anyways, well, you kind of deserve to die. Yeah, <laughs> at that point. <laughs> <laughs> um stasis legendaries uh we have two of uh well only one of them is a legendary but we have the stopwatch of course commencing stopwatch uh put yourself in stasis for two and a half seconds uh rendering you untargetable and invulnerable for the duration uh and we also have that same uh active for zanya's uh hourglass so you put yourself in stasis for two and a half seconds you're untargetable invulnerable for the duration but you also can't move declare basic attacks cast abilities use summoner spells or activate items i will say i always hated this item like when i first started playing the game (laughs) because i was like this is so dumb why would i ever find myself in a position to want to make myself completely useless for two and a half seconds 
Yeah. Meanwhile, I think it's pretty safe to say that it is probably the most utilized mm-hmm. game-changing ability in the game or item in the game. Yeah. I mean, it's just... Think about the League of Stopwatch whenever that oh, meme gosh. was around, uh, <laughs> when it was just everybody and their mother was taking it um, in that utility second tree just that we could all have stopwatches and all have that get-out-of-jail-free card. Um, but yeah, I mean, once you learn how to use it, it is such a monumentally useful item. Uh, it gets you uh, some time to let cooldowns come off, right? Mm-hmm. It buys you time uh, during ganks for your team to show up or uh, forces them to take more turret shots as they're trying to dive you under a tower. It's just such a useful item. Yeah, I I think uh, I think of it on Fizz. Uh, it's really cool because you can troll pull in uh you know kind of blow all your cooldowns do a lot of burst damage and then stasis and then by the time stasis comes off troll pull is available again so you basically make yourself invulnerable uh, for that entire fight you have your en which you you cannot be targeted you stasis for another two and a half seconds and then you can e directly out of it um it drops turret aggro too so we, you mentioned league of stopwatch that's when it was like the most egregious i feel like oh, yeah. were the bottom lane tower dives Oh yeah, where you've got uh, supports and junglers all had stopwatch, and at the time, if I remember correctly, when you pull in stopwatch from the runes at the time, it you did not have the cooldown on it. It was available since level one. I did not wasn't remember. It? I know if it or wasn't was it like level a one, delayed, it was significantly earlier, like maybe three minutes or something. Like there was, yeah, it was something where it wasn't. What's it now? Like eight minutes, I think. Yeah, I think it's pretty. It's pretty deep in there. I think it's. I think it's at least six, if not more. Yeah, if it wasn't available at the start of the game, it was. It was available shortly thereafter, and that's when you would have like all these crazy dives just constantly. And everybody's popping stopwatch to drop turret aggro, and it was kind of. It was kind of exciting, but at the same time, it just came to like, okay, this is if it's if this it's again, becoming come on. <laughs> a point where everybody's <laughs> building it. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a problem. Um, there was another. Okay, so do you know the famous uh, League of Legends play named after a player uh, with a stopwatch play? I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, have you heard of the Messiah? I have not. Okay, so uh, chat can correct me on this if I'm wrong, but if, if I'm not mistaken, uh, pulling a Messiah was he would uh, Twisted Fate ult into the middle of an entire enemy team, and as soon as he came out of the ult, he would pop stopwatch, but they would be blowing all their abilities at his location. Mm-hmm. So he blew a lot of their cooldowns uh, by destiny gating into the enemy team, popping stopwatch as soon as he arrived, they wasted all their cooldowns, and then the rest of his team could collapse uh, when that they is, had they had no abilities. That is super interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll have, you'll have to fact check me on that, but I'm pretty sure M I S A Y A. I'm watching one right now. This is okay. mind blowing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, the just ult into the middle of the team, uh-huh. uh, pulls the stopwatch, and then just baits everything it's yeah awesome. yeah it's pretty cool so like everybody knows the insect you know which has, has gotten easier uh over time as people have gotten better uh but you don't see the messiah uh very often but it's yeah it is a a legendary stopwatch play definitely check mm-hmm. that out uh and our final active item and as i'm going through this list i realized that i forgot the vigilant wardstone and the elixirs uh we could mm-hmm. have covered elixirs but whatever uh last one <laughs> is a champion specific active you only see this item in the game if there's a Callista 
or if you're, I believe, if you're Silas playing into a Callista, um, maybe uh, I can't remember. But uh, either way, uh, if you if you're playing Callista, you start the game with this item. This is the Black Spear, and you activate it. It's called Oathsworn Bond. After a three and a half second cast time and a three second channel afterwards from the user and the target ally champion. Both become bound allies. The target is unable to act for six seconds after the channel's duration. Afterwards, the target is dubbed Oath Swarm. So, uh, mm-hmm. PSA, do not use this when you're in lane. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's not like a, like a Knight's Vow or a Zeke's where <laughs> it just happens immediately and then that's it. Uh, there's like a whole cutscene. <laughs> yeah, it's it's bad. <laughs> so it's uh, I've definitely messed up a couple times where I forgot to do it in Fountain, and then we're in the jungle, and then boom, right as it happens, and we're using it, uh, we get invaded, and it's just an instant, instant <laughs> death. Yeah, so that you could definitely troll your uh, your support teammate. So if you're if you have a friend that you're duoing with, and you want to go into some normals and and have a little fun, pick Callista, but don't oath sworn him until you're in the middle of lane. Uh, and, and see how they react. <laughs> definitely, definitely troll worthy. Not many items you control your teammates with. That is 100% one of them for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that is going to do it for season two. That my my slide deck slide here says episode eight. That is incorrect. This is episode nine. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and take that off the screen. Now, <laughs> uh, don't forget about next week. We have a very special guest, uh, Gavin, CEO and co-founder of Gwoop. Uh, will be joining us. So if you want a little bit of preview of what they're up to, check them out at gwoop.com. That's G-W-O-O-P.com. Check them out for sure. And then get your questions ready. We'll see the listener feedback form dropped in the Coach Rivals Discord. Submit those questions for Gavin to answer live here on Rift Happens next week. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Lucas, you're getting your questions ready? Oh, absolutely. I cannot wait. This is going to be great. Yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. Uh, it's just going to be really excited, uh, really exciting just to have him in here and, and get that. I've also got some other emails in the works reaching out to some other orgs. I'm not going to – I can't divulge anything yet because I don't have firm commitments. But uh, as I'm getting more commitments, uh, I will uh, let that information out. I'm also looking maybe to get some college coaches in here so we can talk Ooh. about uh, their their programs for our uh, classic coaches to kind of talk about you know what what are they looking for from our high school players to you know help them get to that that stage you know maybe um, let them come in and, and give a pitch you know for what their program is and and maybe we'll pick some coaches from different regions of the country I'm brainstorming here I don't know if these are good ideas or not but oh, yeah uh, well just let me know I mean I got some connections with those college coaches so hey well you I, I, all right well uh right here I'm putting you on the spot you can go ahead and line up our first one how's that <laughs> sounds good I got you <laughs> sweet awesome everybody thank you so much for joining us that's gonna do it for season two episode nine uh don't forget catch us next week where we have a uh, CEO and co-founder of whoop Gavin is gonna be with us look forward to see you then Lucas have a fantastic week and uh, we'll see everybody next next time Thank you.